Welcome to the Lemon Spark Podcast, where we share stories about lemons that spark a new direction in life. I'm your host, Barbara Zabala. Welcome, Michaela Conley, to the Lemon Spark Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Everyone, meet Michaela. She is a dear friend of mine, and she has a lot of Lemon Spark stories to share. But before <laughs> I, we jump into those, let me introduce her. She's a lifestyle coach. She is an entrepreneur extraordinaire. She started State of Wellness. She has training in neuromeditation. She does group facilitation. She's a long time known quantity in the wellness industry, but she's also very entrepreneurial in all kinds of different endeavors. And so I was always just so thrilled when I got a chance to see her in person and before COVID, of course, at conferences, and we've just maintained a connection since. So thank you, Michael, for joining us on the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. and she's got this awesome sense of humor let me not forget to mention so michael tell us about some of your lemons i know you have several so i think you want to share yeah I, i think i think we all do um but it's you know it's not that it's not having the lemons i think it's what you do with them which i think is why i love so much what you're doing with this with this podcast and with this whole idea, because, you know, um, what is the phrase that which does not kill me makes me stronger. Yes. <laughs> I remember telling people before, you know, regarding the lemon I'm going to talk about today is, you know, you can't, you can't cry and run at the same time. And running was certainly a, uh, a big part of getting through the lemon rind. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So that was... you actually were running. You started to run for exercise, kind of thing. Running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, because you know you have to you have to breathe and run, and you can't breathe and cry. So, well, not very well anyway. So, well, yeah. So it was it was very much you know mental, physical, spiritual savior, I guess, you know, running. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to how valuable running can be to your state of mind because yeah. when I'm uh, even on days, I just don't feel like running and maybe I'm in a kind of a sour mood and I just really detest the idea of going out there and, and, and hitting the pavement. Inevitably, once I do, once I get going and certainly after I'm done, Whatever was bothering me before the run has definitely taken a backseat or, you know, definitely not as urgent or concerning as it had been before. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Perspective, I think, you know, it's not so all encompassing. So what you and I had talked about was, oh, you know, (laughs) ex-husbands. So (laughs) yeah. Bah, bah, bah. (laughs) Debbie Downer. (laughs) So, yeah. So my first husband, you know, um, I, I married young, like so many people do, especially I think in the Midwest, but maybe not exclusively. And then had two kids. My daughter was born with congenital cataracts, which is what I was born with, which, you know, was kind of upsetting to discover, but you know, on the other hand, I guess the flip side of that flip side of that lemon is that she had me. 
you know, and I was gonna, my intention was always to be there for her. Like, you know, I hadn't had, I didn't have, there was no family history of that. So how that came about, who the heck knows? So she had uh, her first eye surgery when she was five months old. Oh, wow. I know. Picture that. But then when she was, I guess about, gosh, she must've been getting close to two. We went to New Orleans because that was one of the places in the country that was doing this experimental eye surgery, which was taking donor corneas, freezing them, carving them to a prescription, and then sewing them on the front of your existing cornea. So kind of like living contact lenses. Yeah. So, so, you know, with the idea that uh, she had this capability to potentially really have more vision than I had had. So, you know, who wouldn't want that for her? So, you know, I know the other side of the story is, you know, having a child with a disability as a husband, father, I think I've, I have a friend who's written a book about how, why men leave. It's because they're no longer, you know, sort of the, the center of attention. And that's oversimplifying. I know in case you happen to be a man who's listening. So (laughs) I'm in New Orleans for three weeks, staying at the Ronald McDonald house, which was awesome Mm. uh, with, with my daughter, because, you know, she had, she had the surgery and then she had to stay because they had to, you know, do follow-up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm calling home to hear, to speak to my four-year-old and hearing from my four-year-old that daddy's girlfriend has been there and doing laundry. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Picture that, you know, you're in a different city with a two-year-old who's had surgery, you know, and your four-year-old is telling you about daddy's girlfriend. How long had you been married to him at this point? Um, like probably six years, not getting, uh, not the center of attention because mm-hmm. there was other things a little more pressing, you might say. Yeah. So came home, you know, from there, just, I was just, devastated because, you know, I really, I needed support. You know, I was, I was dealing with a lot and to have one more thing to deal with and not to have your partner, you know, supporting you and this child that, you know, had, I hate to say the word special needs, but really had special needs. Yeah. Anyway, he moved out one night he brought, well, this is probably, oh, I don't know, maybe six months later, he brought the kids home uh, on a Sunday night. And I had this moment of enlightenment. (laughs) I thought, why the heck do I want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with me? What is my thinking? You know, that's a revelation. It was, it was, it was this giant aha epiphany, you know, not rocket science at all. But when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to, you know, just hard to be able to step back and say, wow, this I don't have to put up with this. So I decided I was going to go to school. I hadn't, I'm the first in my family to go to college because, you know, and when I graduated from high school, I didn't even know how you did college. You know, there was just no, I had no role models. I just plain didn't get it. So I went to work. And when I decided I didn't have to live like this, I enrolled in uh, Indiana University East, started earning credits towards a, towards a degree. 
Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, he did me such a favor, you know, it was really, I, you know, I, I really appreciate him. Uh, and I'm so glad to not be married to him. <laughs> but you guys started divorcing when you were, had that revelation or, or were you just separated? What was the status at that point? You know, you know what he did? I went, um, I went to stay with his sister for a weekend and he was, uh, you know, at our house taking care of the kids. When I came back, he, you know, took me by the hand and took me into the bedroom and showed me the closet, which had his clothes in it. He moved back home because I didn't want him there anymore. (laughs) So from that moment on, I'm like, not doing this, not going to be a single mom with a couple little kids who, you know, just barely eeks by. Um, So, yeah. So I started going to school, got an undergrad degree in exercise science because, you know, exercise had been so critical in keeping my head screwed on straight (laughs) during all of this, you know, Um, and, you know, still we didn't divorce immediately. Um, He was Mm kind of, he was kind of there, but I'm kind of like, yeah, you're a short timer, buddy. Because <laughs> I am setting things up to get the heck out of here. Yeah. Because, I mean, what if you don't have trust, you have nothing. Right. You know, and he he was not trustworthy. He proved that to me. Gosh, I would get up in the morning before all this. I would get up in the morning and I forget what the number is that you can dial. I don't even know if it still works. It was like star six, nine or something. And it would dial the last number that you had dialed. Yeah. And and what do you know? It would be her. (laughs) So I was no dummy, you know, Uh, nobody's fooling me after, you know, after I found out really what the deal was, sorry. Yeah. We are so done. Yes. So interesting. So you, that prompted you to go to school and you majored exercise science it sounds yep like. yep yep exercise science undergrad and then for a while I worked for Jim Davis you know the the cat guy Garfield <laughs> which oh, is kind of cool yeah yeah doing what so, um I did their employee health promotion program oh wow yeah is that yeah. the name of the company Jim Davis yep yep the very like- one Wow. So crazy. It's, it's such yeah, a, where, were they, where were they based? In, in, just in outside the- of Muncie in Albany, I think it is, Indiana. Oh, great. Oh, I had oh. no idea. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> so this, so that's how you got your start into wellness and employee wellness was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Issue with your ex-husband. I'm sorry. The whole issue you had with your ex-husband is what prompted you into onto this track in your life. Yeah. And into more of a professional kind of, uh, approach. And then, you know, I kind of realized another not so brilliant epiphany is, you know, you can't solve, you can't get the world to go out for a run or you can't get the whole world to go out for a run and solve their own problems, which is kind of what led me back to a master's in what was at the time wellness management at ball state. So, and that's when I actually got the divorce because I was kind of like, okay, I'm there, I'm good. And, you know, that was that. Wow. Okay. So you got your bachelor's degree in exercise science, and then you worked for employee wellness for Mm -hmm. 
Davis. Oh, yep. Of Garfield fame. And then yeah. you decided to get your master's degree. Yeah. In management from Boston. Yep. yep. Oh, and that was because you, th- you started to realize that you can't get everybody to on board with the whole wellness thing. Is, is that what you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, that's just so nothing exists in isolation. You know, if it was all about knowledge or all about exercise, we wouldn't have the problems that we have, you know, it's, it's access, it's safety, it's built environment. It's, you know, social determinants of health. It's mm-hmm. all these, all these things, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, yeah, it's funny having gotten, you know, most recently since the pandemic really gotten into I mean, I guess I'd always done meditation, but really having gotten into neuro meditation and it's almost like I've come full circle from the individual focus to the global systems kind of focus back to the individual focus because stuff is going to happen no matter what, you know, those lemons come fast and furious, (laughs) but you know, we have, we still have choices. Mm -hmm. So we do have some control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most of the control is within us, you know, and with how we are feeling and, and dealing with what's going right. on. We can't yeah, just, control necessarily what's going on around us. No, but we can control how, in. how it affects us. Yes. You know, and so that's so. where your neuro meditation comes into play because you are helping train people how they can regulate their own feelings and perceptions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's a fair way to put it. Okay. Because we do have, I, I guess I think of it sort of as taking back your control, you know, mm-hmm. just because McDonald's says you can have it your way doesn't mean you can have it your way, <laughs> <laughs> but you can, and you should have, you know, have, it's not outside of you. It's inside of you. Mm-hmm. So we, we all, I think need to be reminded and need to be encouraged to use our own resources. Cause we all have everything that we need. Yeah. And neuro meditation taps into that. I assume mm-hmm. you recognize your yeah. own resources. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and ways to to strengthen them. So they are even more available when you need them. So you offer classes right now in neuro meditation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doing a, an open heart six week training right this minute. And the next up is focus, which I think is really great for older people, not necessarily you and I, but other older people, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and students who are going to go off to school, who, you know, distraction is everywhere. Oh, my mm-hmm. son should go on, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of us, you know, it, it's, it, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of things competing for our attention. So to be able to strengthen those mental muscles, if you will, to be able to intentionally focus and really get more out of what it is you're focusing on, whether it's your schoolwork or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, is a huge, um, huge benefit to, I think everyone. So would, are there some classes or techniques that you teach that would be 
useful for people who might be going through their own lemons in life right now and they might be feeling stressed or depressed and um you know confused about mm-hmm. why this is happening to them and trying to find some answers would you recommend people yeah in that situation to uh, go into neuroinflammation? absolutely i mean if you're in the middle of a clinical depression open heart you know feeling the gratitude, appreciation, kindness, love, whatever may not be the right time for you, but certainly there are stress management techniques you can use to just kind of calm down your, you know, your central nervous system. So yeah, there, there's, there's a ton that you can do for yourself. You, know, you don't have to stay in that no man's land or no woman's land. <laughs> you, would you say that, you know, neuromeditation accelerates maybe the healing process from lemons? Absolutely. You know, it helps you recognize and strengthen your own skills. You know, it's not something that I can, I mean, if it was something that somebody could give to someone else, you know, you, you'd already have it. Cause I would have already given it to you, especially you. Michael is all too aware of all the stuff that's going on. (laughs) No, I just mean as a friend. No, I just mean as a friend. But but yeah, being able to strengthen and uh, recognize your power, engage with your power, so that you can pull it up, have it on hand when you really need it. So that's neuromeditation, that's heart rate variability and heart math stuff. It's, there's so much that we as humans can do to help ourselves and not feel stuck. Well, I'm so glad that you're t- teaching those skills because um, I think you know, a lot of people could benefit from them. So when you were going through this difficulty with your ex-husband, um, what were you working? You said you were, you went to work right after high school. What, what was, what were you doing? Oh boy. I worked at a place whose name I won't mention, but they were a place that hired people with disabilities specifically because of the federal financial benefit to hiring people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So, and, and as you know, I'm legally blind, which means I can't drive your car. And if you don't believe me, give me your keys. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this was, this was, I mean, on the outside, it sounds like a really good place to work. You know, we built like wiring harnesses and stuff for cars, but the woman whose company it was, was just kind of horrible. She would bring people around touring the factory and she would say, oh, this is my diabetic and this is my blind girl. Like, oh my God. Oh, wow. Not a mentally healthy place to be. No. So when you were going through that difficult time, could you have ever imagined that this is where you would end up? No, absolutely not. I was telling somebody the other day, they were talking about working and stuff. And it's like, you know, I haven't worked in the longest time because what I do, I absolutely love. I get to help people every day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you get to, you know, you get to see, even if it's just picking up the phone when somebody expects that they're going to get a voicemail and they go, oh my gosh, you're live. You know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so just surprising people with, you know, with simple kindness is just the best well, it's just the best. It's the greatest joy. And I get to do that every single day. 
because you work for yourself, right? I mean, right. You, you're no longer part of any sort of company. You have your own businesses. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you're an entrepreneur, as I introduced you. So, right. Yeah. But you, you would never have dreamed of becoming an entrepreneur, and particularly in the space of wellness and um, neuromeditation. No. And had it not been back then for the, your ex husband to, be cheating on you and leaving you basically to yeah. for some time before you figured out your true destiny. Yeah. So I guess with that in mind, I have to say like Eeyore would say, thanks a lot. <laughs> Eeyore. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Wow. <laughs> We're really going down memory lane here. Oh, I, I talk about Eeyore all the time. <laughs> Well, if people want to learn more about you, Michael, uh, how can they find you? What's a good way to learn more about what you do or if they want to connect with you? Or if they want to talk to ER. Or ER. (laughs) Or join one of your neuromeditation classes or Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You can learn about the classes on stateofwellness.org. Or if you want to, you know, talk, I mean, certainly you can connect with me through there, but I also have michaelaconley.com um, that has a bunch of stuff on it too. Because one thing I've got, it's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put the link to michaelaconley.com in the uh, description for the podcast. Are you on social media? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm every, I'm, I am Michael Aconley, you know, hashtag or at sign Michael Aconley pretty much everywhere. I know there's a couple of other Michael Aconleys in the world. Uh, who are a little bit mad at me because I got all those good, uh, you know, good handles first, (laughs) but you know, one day I'll croak and they can have them. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Michael, for sharing your story today with us and everyone. If you want to get in touch with Michael, learn more about what she does with neuromeditation or lifestyle coaching, go to michaelconley.com or stateofwellness.org or look her up on social media. She's on all of them just so delighted that you were able to share your story, Michael. Thank you. Oh, I really appreciate the opportunity, Barbara. You are, you are such a special person. I'm so glad you're in my life. Oh, well, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Operators are standing. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Lemon Spark Podcast. If you have a Lemon Spark story to share or know someone who does, please message us on Facebook and be sure to like our page. And remember, it's not the lemon that defines you, it's the spark.